The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. You're listening to The Talking Point. We continue the conversation um, right here from the GEMS uh, Symposium, the Government Employees Medical Scheme a Symposium. We're looking at health equity and really how do we create a value-based healthcare system within the context of medical schemes. Joining us to um, unpack this very issue is Dr. Vuyo Kola, who is the Chief Healthcare Officer um, for GEMS. Dr. Tola, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Good to see you. Good morning, Kathy. Nice to see you again. You know... And thanks for having me. <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure. Always a pleasure. The, the idea of value-based healthcare, right, is, is an important one because when people belong to a scheme, they're always looking at the best ways to derive value. And unfortunately, what has happened, probably exacerbated by COVID-19, is that the more that people have had to actually use healthcare services and access healthcare services, they start to question, no, I don't think I'm getting the most value out of belonging to the scheme. I'm paying every month contributions, but now that I need you most, you are not there for me as medical schemes and I said more broadly because James is not unique in the challenges that you know it will be facing from from its consumers so when medical schemes talk about value and creating value within the ecosystem where should we as consumers be looking for that value so Kathy you're right um, the issue of value um, with all the issue, the problems that we have in the South African context mm-hmm. are not really unique to South Africa. It's all over the world. We do know that there are cert- certain social circumstances and inequalities that exist. There are certain barriers that also exist, like COVID, for example, as a barrier f- to access for health care. Um, one of the major issues and problems, and this was highlighted in the health market inquiry, was the fact that the way healthcare is delivered in South Africa doesn't allow itself to provide for value. Mm. Um, there is a system called fee-for-service, which basically pays healthcare practitioners for the services they provide. But it doesn't really allow for looking at um, value, um, looking at whether the health outcomes are better, and looking at whether we are actually improving the health and wellness. So healthcare practitioners have been typically paid um, on a volume-based system, mm-hmm. but nobody's incentivized um, to actually look at if the healthcare that is being provided is actually providing value to the patients. So we have been moving, and the whole world has been moving towards what we call value-based care. And really value um, in value-based care is defined as an equation where we look at the quality with respect to the cost that is um, that is delivered, sorry, of, of the care that is delivered. And what we're trying to achieve is improved health outcomes through quality health care. And we also want to minimize the costs um, that is um, delivered through health care. And what's more important is that now if you incentivize healthcare providers to actually deliver co- uh, care, that um, really focuses on the quality and the outcomes. So the quality in the sense that if you're looking after a diabetic, for example, you're not just treating them without knowing whether they're well controlled or not, mm-hmm. whether their diabetes actually affects their, their activities of daily living or not. So mm-hmm. um, funders are moving more towards 
um, paying for models where providers actually are incentivized for providing that quality, so better quality of care, but also minimizing the, in the, 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 the costs. And the costs are not only just for medical schemes and funders, but the costs that are incurred through accessing a healthcare system by the patients. Mm -hmm. How do we determine this question of quality? Who, who, who decides that you have received a quality service or you have not received a quality service? Because as a patient, when I go to the doctor, I, the reason I even go to the doctor is that this individual is the expert. At which point can I then say, no, you doctor, what the treatment you have given me is substandard. Is there uh, a, a, a criteria that medical schemes actually use so that we as the public can also be aware so that when now we have complaints about our doctors, we know what to do with them? I'm glad you asked that question. I think the trap that sometimes we as funders um, and, and medical practitioners do is that the way we define quality and the value is we think from a clinical perspective. I as a funder, for example, um, and as a clinician, mm. um, I think about quality in terms of, um, I like to use a, an example of diabetes, right? Um, the main thing I want to see uh, as GEMS and the main thing that the medical practitioner wants to see is that if you're treating somebody with diabetes, um, the diabetes is well controlled, you're doing the regular tests, you're doing the regular monitoring. And we forget about the patient experience. Mm. And the good thing about using um, value-based care is that it, it's not only funders and, and, and medical professionals that um, are, um, are considered in this. It's, or what, what matters to us is also what matters to, to the patient. For example, mm. um, if a diabetic is um, a, one of the common symptoms that um, I guess, and I'm going to use males because males are, are usually not very keen on talking about things like this. One of the side effects or the complications of a diabetic would be erectile dysfunction, mm. right? Um, would be if somebody is not well controlled in diabetes, they're in and out of hospital, they spend so much time in hospital, that obviously affects their quality of life, they affect um, their health, um, the, uh, their home environment as well as um, their work environment, right? So what's important is that we consider not only what matters to the funders and to the clinician, but also what matters to the patient. Mm -hmm. So it's important that those patient experiences that affect their lives, affect their working life, affect their family life, um, should also be considered as part of the value. So it's not only the clinical outcomes that funders and providers normally talk about, but it's also the, the patient experience. So um, am I experiencing good quality of life? Am I happy about so it's not just mm -hmm. the service that is being provided because mm -hmm. your doctor can be very nice and and um, welcoming, but if they're not really treating you the right way, mm -hmm. it's not just about when you say experience, we're not talking about the actual service experience, not mm -hmm. just that, but also the quality of life mm -hmm. and what matters to you. So we also need to look at what is it that matters to patients. When, when you look at the challenges that patients um, are facing more broadly outside of the fact that they're affected by ill health, 
what are the concerns that they bring to you around the the way in which the medical scheme is structured and particularly on, on this issue of value what are you finding to be the biggest challenge there the biggest challenge is access yeah um the other biggest challenge so so, so your your members coming to you saying that we have a problem with access there's access um and this is one of the major things that we are addressing mm-hmm. um where i think you know that in south africa um medical aid is really geared for people that are able to afford right mm-hmm. um and afford medical scheme which is not cheap um the rest of the population which is um the majority of the population has to then um um access the private healthcare sector uh, sorry public mm-hmm. he- healthcare sector mm-hmm. which is overpopulated uh, stuff is is under um overworked um and under resourced um access to healthcare has been a problem and what we've done for members is that if you look at gems and the growth that gems has has gone through over the past 3 years we have grown significantly um by over 40% of our membership and those sure. are people that were previously uninsured so these are not people that have had medical aid before these are people that didn't have access to medical aid before and didn't have access to private healthcare mm. and what gems has done is to create a package a basic benefit package which we call an tanzanite one um it's primarily geared for people that didn't have access before the previously uninsured but also it's very affordable so there's affordability there's also access mm-hmm. um one of the other ways that we're trying to make sure that there's affordability is to reduce out of pocket expenses so if you go to a doctor if you go to a hospital you shouldn't really be paying out of pocket um your healthcare should be covered within the benefit entitlements that you have and um there's various ways in which we do that we focus on primary health care and preventative care um where it's paid um irrespective of whether you've got your day to day benefits and we're really trying to eliminate out of pocket expenses so there's various ways through our benefit design for every benefit here where we're trying to really improve access to healthcare and also improve um or imp- uh, 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 eliminate the out of pocket expenses that affect members obviously what would you say is currently the biggest barrier to increasing options for medical schemes in the low cost you know low cost options what are the hindrances there because yes you know um you can look at it and say we we have this low cost option but then in in the minds of many south africans they can think well why can't it go lower why why is this the lowest that it can go There's a lot of regulatory um barriers. Mm-hmm. Um and I think we as an industry need to look at the needs of South African and the average South African. Even with a low cost benefit option, um a typical low cost benefit option, there are certain people of the po- uh, members of the population that would not be able to afford it. It's uh people that are in the formal sector that are formally employed mm-hmm. that are able to access that. Um if we were to be able to change regulation in such a way that there's a lot more lower cost benefit options that focus on primary health care mm. because you start with primary health care and preventative care 
and you actually are able to manage um, um, downstream costs. Um, you act early, you identify diseases early, you screen, you prevent. Um, so the barrier that we have right now is that even though um, medical schemes do offer um, lower cost benefit options, um, we need much lower and we need really primary healthcare based yeah. options and, and regulation needs to help us um, in terms of establishing more of those very low cost benefit options where at least there's access to primary healthcare. All right. You mentioned COVID before. Um, and we've seen that COVID, of course, had a huge impact in terms of health-seeking behavior um, for everybody because we're all afraid to go to the hospital. Mm. Um, we're afraid to go to the doctor. We are still recovering from those effects because mm. what COVID also did was create a barrier to healthcare. Mm. Mm. Um, and um, affordability also, of course, is a barrier to healthcare as I mentioned before. All right. Dr. Vuyotkola, thank you so much for your time. She's the Chief Healthcare Officer at the Government Employees Medical Scheme. On the other side of this break, you will hear from the Principal Officer, who is Dr. Stanley Mulwabi. Do stay with us.